Welcome to the teaching ministry of pastors Carl and Cheryl Thomas. Our favorite verse is Habakkuk 2.14, where the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Consumed by that revelation, we are committed to recognizing, resourcing, and releasing high-impact ministries resulting in global glory, transforming lives to impact their world. We have a teaching that will impact you today. Now, let's get right into that word. Amen. We got a, a big day today, special day today. I do want to tell you the Saturday night service has been awesome, and uh, we really had a really good time last night. And so uh, I'm grateful for some who do double duty. And there, we had 105 folks here last night. And over the last couple of weeks, we we keep track of records of our attendance, and we check on last year and this year. And in the last few weeks, uh, based on last year's numbers and this week's numbers, we've been up about 40 people every week. So that's really really good. So I know sometimes we kind of we've gone on to a bit of a divide and conquer thing so sometimes you feel like we you got some people missing today they're not missing they were here on saturday and we got more people coming in we had four guest cards last night and people that really love being here and we got people who come and they say i'm committed to my church but i just wanted to come get a, a drink of the holy ghost on saturday night we said that's okay and and we're committed to your church too so so it's just it's just been really fun it's a kind of a different service a lot of fun we prayed for everything that moved last night and prayed for everything that didn't move for a long time and we believe god's doing some good stuff stuff. Thought I'd throw that in. All right, so I'm going to try to be briefer than I was last night because we got some things to do today. Very special day because we're actually going to be ordaining Kelly and uh, Zach today. And uh, so, yeah. Yeah, come on. It's so good. So it's it's exciting because what we're doing is is Jesus himself is here on official business. Because it says, headship ministries, fivefold ministries are gifts that Jesus gave. It says, when he ascended, he gave gifts of humans. It doesn't say gifts of men, although it was translated like that because it's not gender specific. He gave gifts of humans. He gave gifts of people. He gave gifts to the body of Christ. And today, Jesus is unwrapping gifts for the body of Christ. So we're going to be really, really blessed today. So you're glad you're here because you're going to see a miracle. So good. So good. So we're in a series on, but wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. So listen, John 10, 10 said, uh, look, the devil says he's come only. The devil only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Say more abundantly. More, 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 more abundantly. Romans 8, 32, first verse, I really just grabbed hold of because I thought, this is really good news. I want to get this deep in my spirit. He who did not withhold or spare his own son, even his own son for you. He didn't, did he? Did God give Jesus for us? Did he? Yes, he did. And you know what? He says, did I do that? Yup, I did. Now listen, how much more now along with him will he not give up for us all? Give up for us all. Freely and graciously will he give us all other things. How many need some other things? How many, Jesus is awesome, but I got some other things I need. Well, look what he says. Not only will I give him you, but I know the song says, he is all I need. He is all I need. Jesus is all I need. I could use a new job too. He is all I need. But you see, the word says, he'll not only give you his own son, but how much more he's going to give you along with him. Every single need, every single thing that you have need of in your life, God is taking care of it freely and graciously. Oh, no, Pastor, you have to earn it, have to jump through hoops, have to prove that you're worthy. He's declared you worthy already. All you have to do is say, thank you. I don't love him because I was smart enough to ever do that. I love him because he first loved me. 
and he does love me. He's nuts about me. He told me that this morning when I woke up. He said, you're so cute. Let's go. It's going to be a big day, so come on, get ready. Luke 24, 45 and 49. Luke 24, Jesus, the resurrected Christ, speaking to his disciples. He's telling them, guys, high five. I'm going to go. It's your turn. And as he was there speaking with me, he said this, then he thoroughly opened their minds to understand the scripture. Hello. I don't know what that looked like. It was like, I don't know what you do. I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, I can only imagine what that scene looked like. But it says that he opened their minds to thoroughly understand the scriptures. How many think that would be, if that's the Bible school, it would happen really fast. You know, you don't have to be there like for seven years trying to get your doctorate. I mean, divine. That has to be really cool. Now, wouldn't you want to talk to somebody who had that kind of experience with God? I mean, you'd want to send him out on the road, teach us. I mean, you understand all of Scripture thoroughly. You would say, man, you are ready to to just go. and, And, man, you should do conferences. You could teach us all the deep things of God. Jesus himself imparted to you, you know, his mind, his understanding, all of Scripture. Woo! That's not enough to go start a conference. That's not enough to even start a lick of ministry. Because right after that, he said, and behold, he said, I'm going to send you forth what the Father has promised, but wait. 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 Remain. Stay. So the first command of a resurrected Christ was not go. It was wait. Sadly, a lot of people go without the waiting. You got to have an amazing, rich impartation of the Spirit of God before you do anything. Because it's not by might or by power, it's by the Spirit. It's not by smarty pants thinking or education. It's by the Spirit. Not that education isn't good, it's fantastic, it's wonderful. But you know what? After that incredible revelation of the Scriptures, he said, you still need this. You need a touch of the Holy Ghost. You need to be clothed with power. Say power. You need to be clothed with power from on high. Acts 1, 4 to 5. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. Say wait. Wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard me say, John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's what it says in Acts chapter 1. John said that. Who was John? John was John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the guy who came to town to say, Jesus is coming. And let me tell you about Jesus. Tell us about Jesus, John. Well, let me summarize everything about Jesus in one phrase. You ready? He'll baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. Well, what else? That was the forerunner summarizing the whole purpose and ministry of Christ. He's going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. Now, if I sent a guy to your house, say he's a fantastic plumber, he's going to fix your pipes. And if he came to your house and he just sat around, drank coffee, hung out, told you a few jokes, then he left, you'd go, who was that crazy person? I thought he was supposed to fix my pipes. See, Jesus' whole purpose for coming is that mankind could be reconciled to the Father that they could be saturated and pickled in the Holy Ghost so that God could take up residence again in his holy people and he could knit them together as living stones in a holy temple and he could restore everything in the earth under the headship of Christ. And all of that can be summarized in this. He will baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. How many places do we give history lessons about Jesus and talk about Jesus, talk about all the wonderful things of God and preach on the scriptures? But we don't make a massive emphasis of that truth which was the truth. He will baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. 
Amen. All right. We're going to move on. So the Gospels are pretty powerful. So those who uh, can't accept the, the, the John the Baptist, summarize it like that. Now, those who can't accept the doctrine of the baptism of the Holy Spirit don't have a theological problem. They have a grammatical problem, even though it is a theological issue. There's many great deep theologians who think we Pentecostals have, you know, taken, you know, about seven parts of Scripture, and some of them are historical reference to, and only a couple where it actually happened. And we, we just, you know, we surround ourselves with that. We just focus on that so much. And I mean, you know, everything else, we hardly look. We're just looking at that all the time. It's only there a few times, you know, like you make a big deal of it. Well, the Scripture makes a big deal of it. John said, I summarized the whole ministry of Jesus with it. So I reckon we should pay attention, right? But let me, let me help you. Are you ready to say Frida? Okay, so Frida pickled the cucumbers in vinegar. Pretty awesome, right? Okay, so what is getting pickled? What are the cucumbers getting pickled in? Who's doing the pickling? Wow, you guys are amazing. You're so incredibly literate. Let's do the same wonderful examination of this. Jesus will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Okay, who's getting baptized? Us. What are we getting baptized in? Who's doing the baptizing? Jesus. Jesus. Pretty straight up, isn't it? Jesus will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. And the word baptize is actually a Greek word. It's a word that for whatever reason we decided not to translate that Greek word into an English word. But if we did, if you were at the market back in their day and you came and you wanted some pickles, you would say, hey, have you got any baptized cucumbers? And it was a very common word. It meant something that was saturated in something, put into something, soaked in something until its very nature was changed. And you see, baptized means you got soaked, saturated, pickled, completely transformed in the power of the Holy Ghost. Baptized is such a nice religious word, but it literally means sloppily, messed up, totally transformed, touched, overdone, pickled in every way. Ah, all right. All right, so let, let's move on. So three baptisms, ready? Three baptisms. The spirit baptizes the believer in the body of Christ. The disciple baptizes the believer in water. Jesus baptizes the believer in the Holy Spirit. A lot of people say, you guys talking about Jesus baptizing the Holy Spirit, that's the same baptism as the spirit putting you in the body. It's not, because it says the spirit is the baptizer, and he baptizes us and he puts us in the body of Christ. Totally different baptism. That would be free to taking an orange and chopping it up and giving it to everybody. A completely different subject matter. There is a significant, separate, whole baptism that Jesus brought, which was baptizing believers into the Holy Ghost. All four Gospels record the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And all four Gospels, including starting in the book of Acts, record the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When God wants to repeat himself four times, I reckon he wants you to pay attention. Hey, if I had to repeat myself to my kids, if I said, if I got to repeat myself more than once, you're not paying attention. But when you do repeat yourself, it's because you really want to get the fact across. And so the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a big, big deal. Matthew 3.11, indeed, I baptize you with water under repentance, but he, that was John, he said the water baptism, but he said he's coming, he's mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry, he will baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. Mark 1.8, indeed, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Luke 3.16, John answered saying, oh, I indeed baptize with water, one mightier than I is coming, whose sandals straps I'm not worthy to loose, he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. John chapter 1.33, I did not know him, but he Send me to him, and I baptize with water. He said to me, unto whom you see the Spirit descending on and remaining, he, this one, that's the one who's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. It's all those Gospels right there. Amen? A little speed reading for you, sped reading. 
Do you know they say that you can listen 60 times faster than I can talk? So hurry up. Acts chapter 18, 24 to 26. Apollos was an eloquent man, mighty in the scriptures. Apollos was an eloquent man, mighty in the scriptures. Means he was a really awesome orator, a great teacher. I love when he teaches. It's so pleasant to listen to him. He's such an amazing speaker. And he just knows the scriptures so well. So this is, again, you'd say, pretty awesome. I'm going to go see his conference because everybody says he's a real eloquent guy. He's instructed in the way of the Lord, being fervent in spirit. He spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord. I mean, this is pretty good. Here's my bio. You know, that's a pretty good bio. You'd go hear that guy speak. So Aquila and Priscilla, they go to the conference and they're watching him speak. So they're there. And it says, though he know only the baptism of John and Aquila and Priscilla are there. And when they heard him speak, they took him aside. They took aside the eloquent, mighty man in scriptures, instructed in the way, the man fervent in spirit, the man who spoke accurately the things of the Lord. They took him aside and said, hey, dude, awesome sermon. That was pretty great. You got the Holy Ghost. Oh, I just got the baptism of John. What do you mean baptism of the Holy Ghost? They took him aside and they explained to him the way of God more accurately. More accurately. Hello? Big parts of the body of Christ need us to be tongue-talking, fire-breathing Pentecostals. Okay, thank you for that Amen. Show you a picture of a book here. It's a book by D.L. Moody's son, Q5S3. Apparently, you won the bingo. So. The Life of Dwight L. Moody by His Own Son. I'm going to give you a quote out of that book. I got a bit of it on the screen, but I'm going to read the whole thing from pages 146, 47, 49. Love D.L. Moody. He did my term paper in the church history on D.L. Moody because he's such a neat guy. But D.L. Moody, a successful minister by his own admission, later said that he lacked the power on his ministry. One day, two women came up to him after service. They said, we've been praying for you. And he said, well, why do you pray for me? Why don't you pray for the people? So he saw these ladies praying. He said, that's great. They're praying for salvation. And this was a guy who'd ministered for years, saw hundreds and hundreds of people converted, went all over the world and taught all kinds of places. And I mean, this is a guy who already had a very, very significant ministry, a blessed life, an incredible guy. But these two ladies are sitting in a meeting and they're just like, and he goes, beautiful, a couple prayer warriors in the front row. And he said, praying for the folks. He says, no, we're praying for you. What are you praying for me for? Man, I'm a mighty man of God. He says, he said, he said, I, I need the power. Why? Said Moody in relating the incident years later. He said, I thought I had power. I have a large, some of the largest congregations in Chicago. He says, and there's many, many conversions. So Moody also said that in a sense, he was satisfied. He was in a comfort zone. But these two women praying for him rocked his boat. They told him that they were praying for the anointing of the Holy Ghost to be on D.L. Moody to have special service for God. He could not get this off his mind. He said, there was a great hunger developed in my soul that I did not know what I was and I began to cry out to God as never before. I felt like I did not want to live. I could not, if I did not have more, there must be more. See, he got satisfied. He was doing ministry, doing things and carrying on, but he didn't realize, man, I could have. And after this, R.A. Torrey was a teacher who, who began Moody Bible Institute with him. Often he'd say, R.A., teach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Teach on the baptism 
of the Holy Spirit. After the great fire in Chicago, D.L. was working one about raising money to rebuild tabernacles and churches there in Chicago. And he said his heart was not into it because he kept on crying, God, I need you, fill me. He withdrew and prayed one time on a visit to New York City to raise money. He cried out to God that God would fill him with the Spirit. And D.L. describes it like this. He said, well, one day in New York City, oh, what a day. I cannot describe it. I seldom refer to it. It's almost too sacred an experience to name. Paul had an experience which he never spoke about for 14 years. I can only say that God revealed himself to me. I had such an experience of his love that I had to ask him, stay your hand, stay your hand, stop. He said, after that, I went again to preaching. He said, the sermons were not different, same sermons. He said, I did not present any new truths, yet hundreds more were converted. I would not now be placed back where I was before the blessed experience. I should give all, if you should give me all the world, it would be like a speck of dust in the balance. And I, I give you so many more stories of, of Finney, of, of even Billy Graham, of, of all kinds of people who've talked about there was something besides when I was born from above. There was something besides being baptized in water. There was an experience that I had that was beyond all of those. There was a baptism in the Spirit of God that I had that revolutionized my life and changed my ministry forever. And I could go over and over with so many people, but I thought DL's was really pretty cool. Acts chapter 19, 1 to 6. And finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit since you believed? And when he laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. See, here is Apollos, just a chapter before. Aquila and Priscilla found Apollos and they laid hands on him. He received the Holy Ghost. Then here's Paul. He goes down to Ephesus. He's with some believers. Say believers. Amen. Hanging out with a group of believers. And after a while, hanging out with these like Something ain't quite right here. And he went, you guys, you guys heard about the Holy Ghost? He said, we haven't heard about the Holy Ghost. What do you mean the Holy Ghost? He said, ah, okay. He said, we only know the baptism of John. He said, oh, okay. And he laid his hands on them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Say, but wait. There's more. There's more. There's more. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, 18 to 19. It says, when Simon saw that through the laying on of hands of the apostles that the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money saying, give me this power also that on anyone I lay hands would receive the Holy Spirit. Now, when Simon saw that through the laying on of hands, the apostles had given the Holy Spirit to people, he offered them money. So what happened? Uh, one of the deacons, Philip, went to Samaria and he had a revival. People were getting saved, people were getting healed, people were getting delivered. Simon was a guy who operated in, in sorcery and witchcraft and the people were kind of under his sway. But when Philip came and he saw the power of God, he was like, wow, and he became a convert. He joined in. But then all of a sudden, when the apostles heard what Philip was doing, they came up to Samaria and they laid hands on people and they received the Holy Spirit. So listen now, Philip is there, salvations, deliverances, miracles, and healings. Simon sees all of that, and he's like, wow, stop. The apostles come, lay hands on the people, and they receive the Holy Spirit, baptize the Holy Spirit. Now, Simon sees that, and he says, that I would pay for. So the healings, being born again, coming to Jesus, delivered, set free, that was all good. But Simon said, what I saw when there was an impartation of the Spirit of God to these people eclipsed all the stuff that Philip had done and what they're doing and what I'm seeing happen in these people's lives that's way more significant than what Philip did. What does that tell us? We need that experience. It's a big, big deal. And of course, the apostle said to him, may you and your money perish with you. You can't buy a gift of God. You can't do that. This is the gift of God, you pagan. What a terrible thing. I mean, the guy's just at the meeting, and what a terrible rebuke of the apostles. 
May you and your money perish with you. Lord bless the reading of his word. We're all too polite sometimes with people. What am I saying all this for? There is an experience, clearly an experience in the book of Acts in the early church. There was an experience they coveted, desired, went after that was way more than just that conversion. Because it's not by might or by power, it's by the Spirit. And even Jesus said, even though you fully understand, even though you went to the immediate institute of biblical revelation by Jesus, that's not enough to start ministry. Don't move without being baptized in the Holy Ghost. I would say then that should mean the same today, that none of us should attempt to try to live the life that God intends us to live without being saturated, pickled. Pickled, say pickled. Pickle me, Jesus. That's the same thing as saying baptize me. It is? Yes, it is. Baptize is a Greek word. You're not Greek. You would say pickle me. Jesus, pickle me, soak me, saturate me submerse me in the Holy Spirit. Not a little bit, but a whole, whole bunch. Power! It says you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Now this here is a microphone. It's fully functional. It's great. We've got the, we've got the instructions at the back. We've got a manual. We know how to work it. It is all perfectly fine. I'm going to turn it on for you right now. Hey! Turn on back there, sir. Did you hook it up properly? <laughs> Not picking on you. Hello. What what does the battery What does the battery signal say, Sue? That's amazing because there's no battery in it, Sue. <laughs> what does the battery signal say? That's good. Sue missed the rehearsal, so. <laughs> The amazing thing is even that, it's created right, it's done right, it's made properly and all those fine things, but you know what, it's not going to function without power. How many times did you do Christmas? You bought things for your kids and then sure enough, they unpack it and then you read the back and it says, battery's not included. And you ruin the whole Christmas because there's no power. <laughs> Pastor Cheryl's trying to put it back together. If you get it working, just say hello, okay honey? If you... But you know what, it's not going to work without power. You're not going to work without power. You can read the manual. You can have all the stuff right. You can put it all together right. You know, if you don't have Hello. Power, oh, thank you. <laughs> Say thank you to Pastor Shaw. That was good, Pastor Shaw. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Helping out the sermon. That was good. But you need the power of the Holy Ghost. We can't do anything without power. You know, if you, if you neglect and reject the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said stay there because when the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes, you shall receive power power. Now look at the verse. Look at the verse. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Power. Now look at it. Let's, let's look at it grammatically. All right? Say grammatically. Say, so in, in, in the Bible they have things like commas and, and semicolons and colons. But if you'll notice here that we have a semicolon, some translations have a full-on colon. So, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Stop Semicolon or colon means end of thought. Full thought, complete thought. That's why they put it there. Now, whatever's added to the end of that is a separate thought. It's, it's an addition. But what you need to know is the Holy Spirit is there to give you power. A lot of people say, yes, it's power to witness, Pastor. It's power to share Jesus. When you get the power, you will have power to share Jesus, but that's not the way it's written. The way it's written is when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you shall receive power. 
And you see, what Simon the sorcerer saw when the apostles laid hands on them, they saw the power of God. Come on, people. And he saw a transformation. He said, now that was cool. We're a tongue-talking, Bible-believing, fire-breathing, Pentecostal, Holy Ghost people. Without apology. Shock him a high. He got a bow tie, she got a bow tie. Who tied my Honda to the tree? Now, I'm just messing with you a bit, but I'm telling you, uh, it's an important part of who we are. And we really believe in the Holy Spirit. We really believe, Holy Spirit, that you are here. You are the economic manifestation of the Godhead right now for us, and you are my very, very best friend. Power, what is power? It's inherent power, explosive power, TNT dynamite power. And if you look, there's, there's a dictionary that says it's power to produce five things. And it's fun, it's great, because it's nicely alliterated. Here it is, you ready? The power of the Holy Spirit is power to produce miracles, morality, money, multiplication, and movement. Number three, let me say it again, money. But that's right in the Bible dictionary that, you know, the, it's power. It's power to bring into manifestation these things in your life. God has given you the Holy Spirit. The third person of the Godhead has saturated you. He's come and taken up residence in your life, not just visiting in one little piece over here, but he's saturated your life. The Holy Spirit who is in me, I've let him take over. I've become pickled and saturated in him, and he is there to produce and manifest the nature of the King of Kings. And so that's important stuff. Thank you. Is that you? You're tapping the clock. Amen. <laughs> All right, so uh, Acts chapter 13, 1 to 3, they laid hands on them and sent them away. This is where they, uh, uh, Paul and Barnabas, the Lord spoke. They were serving and ministering to the Lord, and the Lord spoke, prophet spoke. And they said, you know what, Paul and Barnabas, take your hands off them. They're to go into ministry. They fasted and prayed about it some more, and they said, that's the word of the Lord. They prayed for them, and they laid hands on them, and they sent them away. Laying hands on them, a rich deposit of God upon people to equip for ministry, to impart, metadidomi, to, with, and to impart, to furnish or supply. See, they didn't go just, hey, we got to go. Okay, see you. They said, no, no, come here before you go. Oh, they just laid a hand on them? What's that? No, they imparted something. They released something from God. Let me show you a picture. Okay, conductor, an object that allows the transfer of electrons. That's a conductor. There's, it's something that transfers things. Now, we bought a new TV. When we bought the new TV, praise the Lord, what happens is all the TVs, suddenly they got new fittings, new fixtures, then your old technology can hook up with your new technology. Especially Apple. God bless Apple for driving us crazy. But here we are, and Apple was very interesting. Because I'm there going, I, don't, I can't hook, I wanted to watch a movie in our VCR. It was a while ago. So I wanted to watch a movie on the VCR, and we were all there as a family. And I'm like, man, it won't hook up properly. It was from the computer. Well, we're trying to show something anyway. We're trying, to, we're, trying to get, we're trying to get one piece of technology to speak to another piece of technology. And we wanted everything on this piece of technology to be transferred, every bit of it, to be transferred to this other piece of technology. We didn't want a single thing to get missed, but we wanted everything from here to get transferred to here without missing a thing. So my son gets up, runs to the kitchen, chops an apple in half, and takes the RCNs in and shoves the RCNs in from both things because all we had was the male RCAs. We didn't have any female RCAs. So Dylan said, no problem, I'll fix it. So he took the RCAs, shoved them in the apple. And I said, what are you doing? Go to your room right now. <laughs> You're gumming up the RCA cables, putting them in an apple. Have you lost your mind? He says, pay attention, old man. <laughs> he plugged it all up, hooked it all up, turned on the computer, and then... <laughs> Every 
everything from the computer was transferred through the apple to the TV. Like I was thinking, we'll get some gobby screen, it'll go, the sound will be like, it's an apple, it's going to go through an apple. I mean, an apple. Dylan said, pay attention. We watched the whole movie, not a single bit was missed. Everything that was on that computer was completely transferred to the TV. When they came and they laid hands on them to receive the Holy Spirit, everything that God had promised to give to the believers, every single thing, every bit, nothing missing, nothing at all, every single thing when they laid hands, it was all transferred. Oh, did you feel that? Oh, that was amazing. We're conductors. We're conductors. We're conductors. Remember when Jesus rode the donkey? The donkey was a conductor. He was carrying Jesus somewhere. The donkey didn't think, am I ever awesome? We're awesome in this sense. We're carrying the anointing of the Holy One. And we are conductors. And we are releasing and transferring the glory of heaven everywhere we go. Hallelujah. And that's why we need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. She's tapping that clock again. All right. So I want to talk about laying on of hands. Impartation impartation. Greek word for impartation, to give over, to share, to impart, to share. Youngs, and we got Bullingers, and we got everybody's <laughs> things there. Mark chapter 16, 17. It says, and these signs will follow those who believe. Say, believe. It says, in my name they will cast out devils. I mean, doesn't no evil thing will affect them, but it also says they'll lay their hand on the sick and they shall recover. Any believers here today? Guess what, believers? When you go to a sick person and you put their hand on them, you are conducting every bit of heaven into their sick bodies. Every single good intention of God is going through you, that little apple, through that apple, just sitting there. But right through that apple, because you're honoring the word of God and you're doing the man-sized job, you're loosing every good intention of the Father into the person you lay hands on. But you have to be in ministry like me for 28 years and be really holy like I am. I am really holy. I'm actually not kidding. I am really holy because I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that's, that's just boasting in the Lord. Because I'm just, I'm just Carl. I'm just the donkey that Jesus is riding on. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. But you know what? Believers. Any believers here today? Lay your hands on the sick. Some people, I want to do ministry. Go ahead. You mean just do it? Yes. You're at work and somebody falls off their chair. Oh, walk up. Can I pray for you? It's an amazing five words. Can I pray for you? Five most powerful words of releasing the kingdom. And then sometimes it doesn't matter what they say. And if you, you know your boss will get freaked out if you did it, just walk up. Oh, bless you. I'm sure nobody would say bless you is a bad thing. But you know what? These hands are for blessing. These hands are for release of the kingdom of God. Folks, listen. Put your hand on your heart. Right now, I ordain you as ministers of Almighty God. I send you forth to loose the kingdom of God everywhere you go. I'm praying every day. I thank God that every day these chairs are empty. Because that means you're not here. You're somewhere else invite, invading the kingdom of darkness with the goodness of God. 
All right, I got to move on because Cheryl's tapping the clock there. I gotta, look, let's just fly through this now, right? Laying on of hands, epithesis. Uh, it's the imposition of hands conferring a divine blessing, especially bodily health or the Holy Spirit, even for an administration of baptisms or the inauguration of an office of teachers or ministers of the gospel. There's a fact of impartation. The fact of impartation in the word of God, Hebrews 6 talks about impartation is a doctrine. Say doctrine. It's not something we made up. Those crazy Pentecostals laying hands on everything. I mean, what are they doing? It's a fundamental doctrine. It's a foundational doctrine. You know what everybody should be doing? The foundational. Foundational. You know, they talk about their imparting things to each other. <laughs> yeah, it's in the Bible. I love how all the Bible-believing people don't believe the Bible. Impartation is a doctrine. Impartation is a duty. It said, do not neglect the gift that is in you by prophecy with the laying on of hands. Laying on of hands, there's a duty and a responsibility for us to lay on hands and loose and stir up and release spiritual endowments in people's lives to unpack the gift things that God gives us. Do not neglect the gift that is in you by the laying on of hands. It's a doctrine, it's a duty, it's a desire. Paul said in, in Romans 1.11, he said, for I long to see you that I may impart to you a spiritual favor, a spiritual gift, a spiritual grace that you may be a established. He's like, I can't wait to get there because I'm packing something. I'm packing something in the Holy Ghost. When I get there, it's going to establish you. And you see, there's something that can happen in the laying on of hands that can't happen just through a conversation or a phone call. You walk up, you wham, bam, hallelujah, glory to God. He said, I can't wait to get there because I got something to impart to you. You can't impart with words. I'm imparting to you with words right now. If you're paying attention, your spirit's burning a little bit and you're going, mmm. I'm getting hungry for more of this because words are transferring. He sent his word and he healed us. So there's a connection, even listening to the word and engaging in faith. All right, he wanted to impart. All right, so it's a doctrine, a duty, a desire. It's a fact in the word of God. The act of impartation is for blessing. Jesus said, don't push the children away. Bring them here. He brought them to him. He laid hands on them and he invoked a blessing on them. He fervently, I love it, it says he fervently invoked a blessing, placing his hands on them. I mean, it's something that we practice. It's something Jesus practiced. There's something powerful in the laying on of hands. It's for blessing. It's for healing. Acts 9, 17. Acts 28, 8, and 9. It says, they went into the house. They laid hands on him, and the sickness left him. Lay hands on the sick, and they shall, they shall recover. Amen. For power, Acts 8, 17 to 18. We talked about already uh, these two passages where they went, and they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. They were baptized in the Holy Ghost. The laying on of hands to confer power to confer healing, to confer blessing. And then finally, the Holy Ghost, we are told, is uh, using us as instruments to conduct and to release. In Acts chapter 6, 4 to 7, it says that they called out those uh, deacons that were chosen by the people, people who were full of the Holy Spirit, people who were good men, noble men, people of character. And he said, call them out. Then when they did, they prayed, and then they laid their hands on them, and they sent them away. Laying hands is for office. Laying hands is to confer and establish enough. Acts 13, we talked about it already as well. It said that they, they were praying, the prophets, the elders, leaders were praying in the church. Paul and Barnabas were with them. And the Holy Spirit literally said the language is like this. Take your hands off of these guys. I know they're awesome. You love them. And they're a real blessing to the church. But I got a special function for them. Take your hands off them. Release them and send them. Release them and send them into ministry. And they did it by laying on of hands. I've seen a lot of people go into the ministry and become a blaze of... I've seen people sent into ministry. And it's glorious, the unfolding of what God does with them. You can take ministry in your own hands and say, I'm awesome, I don't need people. I don't need to be connected with anybody. I'm a man of God, hallelujah. Knock yourself out. 
28 years of ministry, I could give you story after story after story. Some of the people are not even alive today. But the people that are sent, the people that align themselves with ministry, the people that plant themselves, even when they're in ministry, they still plant themselves in a local church and say, I have a pastor. Those ministries, check them out. And you'll see ministries that are flourishing and doing great things. They can all tell you who their pastor is. And they can all tell you where I came from. Hello. Okay, thought I'd throw that in. Let's go quickly, Cheryl. Quickly. Tap, tap, tap. And it shall come to pass in the last days, God says, I'll pour my spirit out on all flesh and all your sons and daughters will prophesy. All your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Come on. That anointing of the Holy Spirit is for everybody. Sons, daughters, young, old men, women, everybody. Get whacked in the Holy Ghost and use your hands for blessing. Another scripture. Pow. First Timothy 5.22. Lay hands suddenly on no man. Now, a lot of people say, oh, careful, because if you suddenly lay hands on somebody, they can transfer something yucky on you. So be careful who you lay hands on. That's not what it means. You know, I'm full of the power of God. Something yucky can't get on me. I am so full of the power of God that if I touch something yucky, it becomes powerfully wonderful. It, messy stuff doesn't conduct on me. Can't touch this. Can't touch this. I radiate health. I radiate life. Yucky stuff doesn't get on me. I mean, Jesus went everywhere, went anywhere. He was a friend of sinners, went into the weirdest places. He wasn't afraid of getting, oh, you can, you can get infected there. Who cares? I've gone into leper colonies, laid hands on all of them. Whoopie doo. Anyways, glory to God. All right, so never be in a hurry about appointing a church leader. That's what it is. Be careful. When you're going to set somebody in an office, when you're going to set somebody apart to ministry, don't be in a hurry with that. Because you're putting that person in a position of responsibility and accountability that's very important to God. And if you just throw credentials around and, and you know, who wants credentials? Who wants them? Three box tops and woo, you can have some. We got some people that are credentialed with a body they're never held accountable, don't even know who their pastor is. I know who my pastor is. He's got a real name. His name's John Christensen. He's really my pastor and he really holds me accountable and calls me and he's involved in my life. You know, there's people just throwing out box top credentials. Don't do it without thinking. Paul instructed Timothy, the church leader, consider carefully those you set apart for ordination. Another scripture, and I'm almost done. All right. So I got, got Kelly, we got Kelly, and we got Zach. Where's Zach? Well, let's bring Zach up, and let's bring Kelly up. You know, I'm going to ask you to bring your spouses with you just for fun. Now, we are unpacking that gift of Zach and that gift of Kelly, but you know what? Your, your spouse, they're, they're part of this package, you know? So I'm not saying they're pastors in ministry as well, but you know what? Uh, we believe that together you're one flesh, and we, they're going to be impacted by the ministry, and uh, they're going to feel the burden of that as well. But they're going to feel the joy of it, too. And I'm not trying to make this scary or messy. But look at these guys. Look at this. Hey, man. You know, I was, I was thinking driving in, I was going, you know what, I'm, what's so exciting about today is this is not like, you know, somebody we hired on the internet or tried to find, you know, Google, we need pastors 103, you know, but these are people who we know, who have been here with us, a part of our lives, who's grown with us, who have, who have intentionally attached themselves to us and sucked everything out of us. I mean, intentionally, you know? I mean, I mean, Kelly, when she was off on pregnancy leave, she came here every day on pregnancy leave, wasn't getting paid, but she just wanted to be here, spent every day here working with us. 
Because she said, I just want to be around what you guys are doing. I believe in what you're doing. And, you know, and then Zach, he's like, he just kept on calling, kept on hanging out, kept on coming, you know, asking questions, want to know more. He says, I've asked the school. It's an Anglican seminary. I've asked them, could I do an internship with this apostolic, Pentecostal, charismatic church? And you know what they said? Sure. So I did a few internships with Zach and spent time with him, went through, you know, some intense mentoring situations. You know, times, times where I, I love this about Paul. Paul said, Timothy, you're going to come with me. Timothy, I want you to come in ministry with me. First of all, I'm going to circumcise you. <laughs> what? I thought you were a grace teacher and it didn't matter about the service. It doesn't, but where we go, they're kind of concerned. So anyways, let's get her done. Well, that's pretty incredible when you say, I want you to be somebody who I'm going to attach my life to. And that person says, first, let me cut you deeply. You know, these people have let us, they really have let us cut them deeply. They've let us be a part of their lives in, you know, intrusive ways. And they've welcomed it. And I really respect them. And they've become a blessing to us in so many ways. So, so this isn't just Fred and Bob. We hired them off the internet. They're going to, you know, be a part of our ministry team. These are, first of all, our sons and daughters. Amen. They're people who've grown up in this house, have ministered in this house, and they're doing a really good job. And you know, when we went to the national conference, it was our ministry team did almost half of the ministry at our national conference. I did yeah. none of it. I watched. And every one of our pastors went, I really, in a weird way, I'm really jealous of you because you got really, really special people. And I said, don't you know it? Don't you know it? So anyway... I got this couple verses for you guys. You ready? Let no one despise your youth. You guys are still pretty young, right? right. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example. Be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Till I come, give attention to the reading, to the exhortation, to doctrine, and do not neglect the gift that is in you which was given you by prophecy with the laying out of hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Con continue in them, for in doing so, you will save both yourselves and those who hear you. One more verse. 2 Timothy 1.14 from the ESV, all right? By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. The Holy Spirit dwells within you guys. And we see that. We, it's evident. The beautiful thing about this is that uh, we're not going to say, hey, you can do ministry among us. We've seen ministry. Yeah. And we've watched ministry. we watched what you've done with people, with our ministries, how you've worked with people and done things. And so we're not saying, wow, you get to start. We're saying, thank you, Jesus, for giving us you as gifts. And we're going to recognize that. And we're going to unwrap it today. And we're going to say, we authentically and on purpose, we just receive you as gifts of Jesus himself to us. We see you as Jesus coming into our lives and saying, I've got gifts for you to help you and gifts for you to help your family, to help your life and to encourage you and bless you. The Holy Spirit who's in us, guard the good deposit that is entrusted to you. Guard it. People will try to come against it. Stuff will happen. Things will happen. The enemy will come against it. The enemy will make you question things, blah, blah, blah. Never question it. And Paul told Timothy often, come back to this day. Come back to this day and know this. It really happened. And something really happened. And something significant happened in your lives. You'll never be the same. So guard that because it's rich, it's wonderful, and it's powerful. So look, I'm going to ask the elders to come and, and to gather around with us as well. 
You got anointing oil, Pastor Cheryl. Pastor I just Cheryl. want to read a scripture too, and it's kind of in Timothy there. It says, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. And then another scripture, Paul said to Timothy, said, in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. You know, be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instruction. And those are really the duties and responsibilities of people who are, are called into ministry. Um, sometimes the beautiful thing about pastoral ministry is the opportunity to courage. The unlovely thing about pastoral ministry is there are times that you might have to come along and correct. But that's why Paul said, um, you've not been given a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and sound mind. And so as pastors, we recognize the gift and calling of God in your lives. And, you know, they, uh, Zach's been around, what, three or four years now? Five years? Well, he's been around the church for a while. <laughs> but intimately involved in ministry for probably two to three years now. I met Kelly in 2002, I think. And I remember when she was going through a struggle, I said, come with us. You'll do well with us. And she's been a part of my life. And she's seen the good times and the bad times and still chooses and feels honored and privileged to be a part of ministry. And so we are just so grateful to God for the gifts of Kelly and Zach that have been added to our family and to the Apostolic Church and to Impact Family and yes. to us personally as pastors. And I just want to say we love you. We honor you. We respect you. And we're so inspired by the things that God is doing in your lives. So... Just to there add to go. that, this, is, this isn't just an impact church thing. This is, they've gone through the credentialing process with our national body. And every one of the people that interviewed them just went, wow. You know, we are blessed nationally that this caliber of people have been added to our fellowship nationally. And you're a part of a fellowship and a community of ministries that are over 100 nations and an amazing community of people. And you've enriched our lives personally, but you're going to enrich this church. But I really believe you're going to enrich our fellowship nationally and beyond. And I'm really excited about the things God's going to do in and through you guys. Amen? All right. Kelly, we're going to start with you because it's women first, all right? I'm so proud of you, Kelly. <laughs> Cheryl, why don't you pray? Come on. Jesus, come so on. So, Father, right now, we just thank you for Kelly yes, and the gift she is mm. to this body of Christ. And, Father, oh. we believe in an impartation. We yes. don't believe in just some box top, you know, certificate that says I'm ordained. But we are setting Kelly apart right now. And we are imparting, it says that, you know, there's a grace that yes. comes with this. And Paul said, you know, remember what, what was imparted to you at the laying on of hands. And so, Holy Spirit, Father in heaven, Jesus Christ, we just thank you that you are going to fully equip Kelly. Give her every grace and every gift she needs oh. to minister to the body. And we thank you, Father, even as Saul was laid hands oh, on, wow, that he Jesus. was changed into a different man. And Father, I really like who Kelly oh. is now. And I thank you, Father, that with this impartation, there comes even a transformational um, aspect to her ministry and to her calling and the way she serves. So we thank you for her, yes, Lord. We do. And we set her apart right now to serve the body. And we look forward to everything that comes from this life and how it equips this body and the body at large in Jesus' name. Jesus. And we bless her. Yes, we do. As a mom in the house and a pastor in the house, we bless her. Yes, we do. Amen. We just thank you for Greg, yeah, Lord, and thank Father you for the way Jesus. he serves Kelly. Mm. And thank you for this oh. family, Lord. And thank you for his willingness to let his wife be, you know, really uh, given to a body, Lord. And we just bless Greg right now in the name of Jesus. 
Yes, Lord. Amen. It's not by might, but it's not by power, but it's by my spirit this day, saith the Lord. And there is an impartation. It's your day for the double portion. Amen. And, and Kelly, uh, as I was behind there, the Lord showed me that you were a bridge builder. And I saw a bridge. And at the, end, at the ends of the bridge, there were two towers. And in one tower, there was an office. And there was people coming, people going, people coming, and people going. But, and it was your ministration, your ministry in that tower, which is the church. And people are coming and going, you're sorting it out. But he's, what he's saying to you today is, be still. I know through it all that he is God. Amen. 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 Uh, one of uh, Kelly's, uh, we do, Kelly's been through mentoring with me and coach and been a partner with me in mentoring uh, people. But one of her um, now discover Myers or one of her strengths is harmony. And Kelly can find a way to be at peace and in harmony with any people group and with any any diverse group. And so that whole idea of bridging is so important because it's, it's actually a natural part and a natural gifting and talent of Kelly to be a bridge builder and to be one who can find harmony between groups. And that's really good. That's I know you sometimes struggle with that harmony gift and talent, but it's really vital in the body of True. Christ. I Amen. think it's good. Amen. Anybody else? Good. I just I kept getting a vision of a butterfly coming out of a cocoon. And, and there was, wasn't only the butterfly, but there was light, and a brilliant light, a brilliant light. So, sister, just shine. Just shine the light of Jesus to all that you meet and see, and, and just be free, like the butterfly. Well, Father, we just seal this word in Kelly's life and who she is. We thank you for her. Thank you, Father, for just in the many real practical ways that she serves this fellowship and serves us personally and we're so grateful that you've put somebody in our life who's so consistent yes. who's so joyful yes. who's just so solid who many people have tried to hire away from us but <laughs> but lord we thank you for the gift that she has to us she brings such strength to us and we i just want to say personally thank you for kelly and we just seal the purpose and the gift and the deposit to god in her life in jesus name amen Bless you, Gregory. So, Zach, Jen, come on up over here. Amen. Hey, I really have. I've had real estate agents come and, and say, would you mind if I hired your administrator away? And I said, well, if you pay her $200,000, you can have her. And I said, otherwise, leave her alone. But... <laughs> But uh, we're so grateful. Well, bless you guys. What a joy, you know. And I'm I'm amazed at how uh, you know. The funny thing is, is is uh, you know, the Apostle Paul Timothy was a timid guy, and he kind of looked over and he wasn't really sure, but he saw in the spirit something powerful there. And when Zach first came to me, he said, "I'd like to be in pastoral ministry." I was like, "Why?" <laughs> I, I I was really just on the surface of things. The guy was almost 100% introverted. I was kind of like, "Dude, there's a lot of things you can do with your life. Trust me." And so, but in my head, I'm going, I just felt the Holy Spirit say, shut up. And I, because Zach said, what do you think? What do you think? And I'm like, 
So I was just like, well, what are you doing now? He said, well, I'm in school. I'm trying to say, well, stay with that, you know? Because I was really like, I felt the Holy Spirit just put the brakes on anything. See no man after the flesh, you know? And the amazing thing is in the journey, it's just so incredible how God has unpacked the gift of Zach in my heart and, and in my spirit. I'm just like, wow, there's a lot in this, this gift here. You've, this is like really, really awesome who he is as a person, who they are as a family, and uh, what God's been and done with you guys in our fellowship even this far. We're really, really blessed. But we're very, very excited about today. We're very, very excited about it. So we're looking forward to laying hands on you guys, setting you apart and ministering in Jesus' name. One of the things that was said about Apollos was that he could argue with the Jews and he had this verbal linguistic skill to refute, refute opposition to, to God. But I love that Apollos was also baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yes. And when I think of Zach, he is linguistically brilliant and a very smart person and very capable to express things through language. But I'm also so thankful that he loves the things of the Spirit. And so I just think that's such a beautiful blend that he can be so SMRT and then also so able to be open to the things of the Spirit. And that's a rare combination because people who are cerebral sometimes, you know, get stuck there and are not open to, you know, the metaphysical aspects of God and the transcendence of God. I just thought I'd speak your language for a sec. <laughs> But it's a beautiful gift to see that in operation in someone. And I just really, really appreciate that a lot. Yes, we do. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. And we love Green Acres too, so it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys, lay, lay hands on these guys thank now. You, Jesus. Jesus, thank you that you are a gift-giving God. And we thank you today that you've gifted us with this life and this ministry. And Father, it's our great joy to recognize the resource that you're releasing into the body of Christ. I feel privileged as a pastor, I feel privileged as Impact Church to tell the rest of the body of Christ, Jesus is blessing us with a gift. Amen. And so it's our privilege and our joy to honor and to unpack the deposit of God that is in you. Yes. And we say, Jesus, well done, thank you so much. Yes. But Zach, we set you apart now through the laying on of hands. And through the laying on of hands, we stir up and we impart. We transfer into you deposits of God that are rich. Deposits of God that he's pouring into your life right now that will cause you to be propelled into your future. A deposit of God that will unpack the ministry and the nature of Christ himself in you. That before the foundations of the world, the purpose that he had for your life, there is an impartation right now. Amen a rich impartation of the Spirit of God to propel you forward to manifest. The one who calls is faithful. He will do it. Amen. So we, in the name of Jesus, we, by the authority that is ours as officers in the church, in the body of Christ, we authorize and we set apart and sanctify this gift in the body of Christ. We ordain Zachary Sloan into the ministry in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Father, we, we thank you for Jen, Lord. We thank you for, you know, there, there really you can't actually ever think about Zach without Jen. So we thank you for Jen. We thank you for who she is. And Lord, we, we pray right now. We lay hands on right now for impartation as well. We just pray for an impartation in Jen. 
an impartation, to endure, to be encouraged, and to, uh, to stand behind and support, to pour in the oil and the wine, to resource and to bless. And so we thank you. Bless the family, Lord. Bless them all. In Jesus' name. In uh, just, Jesus' name. You know, um, you're well suited to it. I know you, and I know sometimes your insecurities, but you're well suited to it. And so never be intimidated and never be fearful. You're well suited. And I would say that you don't stand behind, but you stand beside. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, yeah. So if you all, if you got more people want to say anything? Uh, amen. Um, and think sitting over there, this was for both of you. And the Lord had said something to me years ago. And I just think it's really important in this scenario, in this, um, this time. He said to me, your mind will never be able to accept where your heart is not willing to obey. And that was years ago when I made the decision to uh, do what God wants me to do. Step into that office. And you guys have stepped into such an honorable office. And it's so humbling to know that you serve Jesus. And I mean, it's evident now as it is. We've seen it. We've interacted with it. And scripture God gave me was um, John 14, 26. Is, but the comforter, the counselor, the amplified says, the helper, the intercessor, he's your advocate, the strengthener, the standby. He's the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, which we know he's already sent, in my place to represent me and to act on my behalf. You are his ambassadors now. And he will cause you to recall, cause you to recall, he will remind you of and bring all things to your remembrance, everything that he has taught you. Everything is taught you. So whatever situation, whatever arena you guys are both in, um, he's gonna bring to your remembrance this day, he's gonna bring to remembrance the, the moment you decided to, to launch out into this place and the day pastor installed you as we as a, uh, an eldership installed you guys into this area we are so blessed, so honored to be a part, for you guys to be a part of our, our family. I love saying, you know, I, I, I always hear people say church and congregation, I don't like those words I like family we are a family here right? and we just, I just wanted to bless you with that this morning Well, Zach, I had a vision of you're in a, a big um, loader in a quarry, and it's Jen's in the other seat, and and, and just saying, just just wait, just wait, and like all these trucks are getting loaded with rocks and rocks, and your truck's empty, but you were in this quarry, which is like a fortress, a place where no one really knew that there was trucks in there; they just saw the rocks coming out. But today it was your turn to get loaded up and I just saw this big shovel with the hugest load of rocks just being dumped into your truck and Jen and you are just off to the races like I really just feel the the waiting time was really important and you know God has just filled you up and it's to overflowing so just just take the gifts and and be a blessing so this is kind of different but I those hens you've got and they keep laying hen eggs. Well, I saw those hens producing and producing and producing. And I saw you both sitting on the eggs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Waiting for the fulfillment of your ministries. A hatching 
a breaking forth, a bursting forth. And, and as pastor has been speaking on the Holy Spirit today, you're going to be bombarded. You're going to, there's coming a day when you'll get let loose and your intellectualism will lead you and guide you and direct you. But through it all, it'll be the Holy Spirit that leads and directs and commands. And he's told you to give me, give you both a fatherly love. Amen. <laughs> Why you just pray? So I know this is a bit of a longer service and we will have cake for you after, but we just want to give Kelly and Zach a few minutes um, just to respond and, and not to take too long, but just kind of share a little bit about their heart as well. All right. And so just thank you elders for being with us and standing with us and, and partners and everything else. So we'll start with you, Kelly. Hey. <laughs> Um, well, Pastor Cheryl already let you guys know it was in 2002-ish that I had met her, and it was in 2004 that I started attending here. So it was really neat because I found a place that um, actually believed that God is good. <laughs> and I found a place where they don't just believe in women, but they actually believe in all people. And I found a place where they won't give you pat answers, but they'll dig into things. And I found a place, well, I think Stephen said it, where there's family. And so I think that if you guys recognize something in me that I belong to that, I think the only response I can say today is thank you. Thank you for recognizing that and thank you for shaping me into this person that I am um, well I have to say that there's a the opportunity here today to be able to respond to the call of God on my life is something that uh, I do owe uh, gratitude to a lot of people for. Uh, my wife, my, my, my mom and my stepdad, my pastors. Uh, and this is really special to me in the sense that I, I, I've been in communities where people have been able to, to be ordained and to, um, it, it's almost like an end in and of itself. And it's, uh, it can be very cold and detached from relationships. So it, this actually means the world that it's, that it's here. And uh, I can honestly say that um, being with Pastor Carl and Pastor Cheryl has uh, shaped me for the better. I mean, I can't tell you how much I feel about these people. Absolutely beautiful people. And, uh, and to be able to be here and to feel like I, I am in many ways a product of being a part of this family and under their ministry. And uh, just to have this day, this experience with, with you guys and with my pastors, my wife, my parents. It's just a beautiful thing, so bless you all. Wow! Wow! Hey! Come on, give a thank you to Jesus. Say, Jesus, you're awesome. Wow. You know? I, hope, I hope something got stirred up in you today. I hope something got moved in you. I don't care if you're 95 or 13. I pray something got stirred up in you today that you see yourself, see something happen in your life, that you see that I feel a call like that someday. I pray that you something got deposited in you. I pray that you'd also be willing to 
be like Timothy and say, so the knife. Okay, that's nice. You know, there's processes involved in the whole thing too. And we've been in processes with these folks and we're so honored today to see the fruit of our labor and the fruit of people that we've grown with and see how God's unpacked them in this house. But I pray that you would have seen yourself here that you'd have seen an unpacking and unfolding of your life and your ministry. And maybe you never called the ministry in that sense. But everyone, I hope today you realize that you're anointed with the Holy Ghost wherever you are. And that everywhere you are, you're loosing the kingdom and loosing the glory of God. So every one of you, we again set you apart to loose the kingdom of God into the kingdom of darkness and demonstrate the goodness of God. Well, we're going to have some cake over in where the children's church used to be. It'll just take us five minutes to cut up a few pieces. And then I think we'll probably have some coffee made. But we, we um, encourage you to come and celebrate. Uh, give Zach and Kelly a hug. And we've also got on the cake Stefan too because we didn't do that when we set Stefan apart. So we just want to give Stefan a hug. Just, just thank God for the gifts of Christ in this body that serve this body and the community at large. Amen. So Father, we thank you that yes, you're a good, good God. Good, good. We thank God. you, Father, that you have added mm. to this house, yes, this family, have. those who would partner with us yes, to equip Lord. the saints Jesus. for ministry, Lord. And so we thank you for everything that's been done today. We give you honor and glory and we just pray your great blessing. May the May Jesus shine his face upon you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, would you stand up give Jesus a hand? And that's the altar call today is let's go eat cake, all right? So come on, give Jesus a hand. Say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Bless you, Lord. All right, well, have a beautiful day. It's a great day out there to finish your lawn work and do all that stuff you have to do. But please, just congratulate these guys. Give them a shake and have a piece of cake with us. And uh, the cake is already prayed over. So if you have any needs or anything, you'll get delivered when you eat that cake. So, all right. In the name of Jesus. Calories cast out as well. So, bless you guys. What an awesome day. So good. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you.